Hello everybody and welcome to the Sam's Report. Uh, for those of you wondering why this isn't a live show, um, yeah, no worries. I've got to take my kid to the doctor for some routine stuff. Absolutely nothing to worry about there, but really just kind of cuts into the time and I can't do the podcast at my normal time. So I'm recording it on Thursday evening. So let's hope no large news drops. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> before the morning, but I'm not really expecting that because it's been a relatively dry week, but kind of not at the same time. And, uh, yeah, it, like, there's been a bunch of official stuff and unofficial stuff, and so we will just kind of dive right in here as we like to do. And, uh, unfortunately, no user questions this week. We'll, we'll jump back into that next week because I kind of didn't realize I had to do this Thursday night until, um, yeah, until now. Uh, and so there was no chance to get that stuff up and running. Anyways, uh, let's see. Hands-on with Outlook.com beta. If you guys haven't checked this out yet, Microsoft has a new Outlook.com beta, and it kind of refreshes the interface. It makes it a little bit better. I personally quite like it and did some hands-on stuff with it at the same time. And I think Microsoft is headed in a good direction. I'm not positive on this, but I think it might built, be built on React. And so if, you know, if you're a developer and that makes sense to you, uh, you know, Feel free to poke around and let me know if you find anything that says otherwise. But uh, yeah, it, it looks nice. It's just kind of a modern, updated feel. If you've used the old Outlook, it's not that it's bad. And Microsoft is also improving the search too, which is desperately needed. Search in, on Outlook, or Outlook.com specifically, it's been horrible. And I haven't gotten into any real situations with the new stuff yet where I need to search like deep old stuff. So I can't quite comment on that yet, but it does appear to be a little bit better. And so, you know, we'll let the, we'll let the test of time be the true verdict of, of actually how this plays out. But that's rolling out. Uh, well, you, first you have to opt into it. Although there is a link up on Therat.com where you can actually try it out today without enrolling. I basically just put a hashtag and do a couple other fancy things and you can automatically try out the beta. I did it. It works. It's not so bad. Uh, other things that happened this week that were kind of crazy, and let me explain. Spotify is now on the Xbox One. That's great. If you're a Spotify user, I am. I'm a heavy Spotify user. You can now use it on the Xbox One, and you can go in the background tasks, and you can rock out to your favorite music while you're racing or whatever, fragging people, shooting them in the head, doing whatever you do on your Xbox One. Now, here's where it's kind of like the water gets a little muddy. And so Microsoft, or Microsoft, Spotify has a desktop app, a UW, or not even a UWPGs. Come on, Brad, get with it. A Centennial application on the desktop. And so many people are wondering like, okay, how are they getting it onto the Xbox One if it's not a true UWP? And so they created another app. And it's really just basically a web wrapper with some extra, a little bit of code to allow it run it in the background on the Xbox One. And... You know, okay, great. That that's fine. I'm glad that Spotify is doing all this, but this just like looks in the face of what UWP was trying to accomplish and just like smacks it around a little bit. Uh, reason being, remember Microsoft preached write once, run everywhere, or whatever you know, all that, all that good stuff. They preached this stuff for years, starting back with Windows 8, and it that dream I think is officially dead because there is no write once, run everywhere anymore. The closest thing you're going to get to that is a progressive web app. Now, that statement is much more true there than it is in UWP because UWP, UWP is not going to run on mobile. Um, I mean, I know people are going to email me and say, yes, I can, Brad. Well, okay, for the mass market, it will not run on mobile. And so what's the benefit of using it right there? Uh, tablet interface, it's, you know, Centennial apps can do that kind of stuff and, and non-UWP apps can too. Uh, 
here's here's the other thing I'm struggling with. What type of UWP application do you... I keep pointing it back here because that's where I play my Xboxes on that TV. Is what kind of applications do you truly want on an Xbox? Like, right? Like, one of my favorite... Uh, modern apps is appy text but I'm not gonna write a blog post on my Xbox and so basically it's gonna come down to like media consumption apps and for the most part those are just through web interfaces like it, it the dream is dead I think for the UWP world now now I want to qualify that because I'm not saying that uh, I'm not saying that apps are dead I'm not saying that the store is dead I'm not saying that Windows 10 applications are dead i'm absolutely not saying that i'm just saying that trying to convince developers to write a specific uwp application in that style is not materializing and that's why microsoft has all these bridges and that's why they're just letting all these centennial apps in because to them that's a bigger benefit to have those centennial apps in in case somebody eventually someday does want to write a uwp application but right now the benefit does not weigh outweigh the cost of kind of retooling everything. It's easier just to use the bridges Microsoft has built, get the app in, much like Spotify has done. And I use the the store app, and it's honestly it's good. The biggest benefit you get when you port something to the store is the updates. If you use Spotify desktop app, you will know that Spotify updates this thing. It seems like every week and. I know I joke about Microsoft has developers on staff, and so they force them to go, you know, change, or not developers, but um, UI uh, experts or whatever you want to call them, um, designers on staff. And Microsoft is like using them because they've got them on staff, and that's why all this stuff is changing. Spotify changes very frequently the layout of their app, and it's almost frustrating because you get used to a layout, and I swear, I swear it seems like twice a year they're updating the style. But anyways, the nice thing about Spotify in the store is that it now updates automatic, automatically. And on the desktop app, you used to get this annoying blue bar. It says, hey, you got to click and restart your stuff and all that good stuff. Uh, UWP applications, the update mechanism is wonderful. And so the other thing that's coming to the store relatively soon, we don't have a date yet, but I believe they said by the end of the year is iTunes. And iTunes does the same thing where it updates frequently. Not as much as Spotify, but it's going to be an easier way for Apple to keep all those things updated. So I, I do firmly believe that there is value in the store. I'm not, I don't want to say that there's not, but I don't believe that the value of a true UWP application is there like it was. Um, the, the pitch is not as strong as it was two, three years ago. That's just kind of where I'm headed with that. Uh, on the security side of things, Microsoft removed uh, some Chinese certificate authorities. So if you're familiar with this, I believe it's called the Trusted Root program that allows them to issue certificates for Windows 10. Microsoft is kind of upset with some Chinese uh, companies, uh, WoSign and Startcom. I believe you have until about late September, so you do have a little bit of grace period, but after that date, Microsoft's going to start revoking those certificates, which means if you're dependent on those for uh, applications or other things like that, you need to figure it out quickly because Microsoft is saying, hey, these guys are not living up to the standards that we require to be able to issue these types of certificates, and so they are shutting them down, and that's a pretty big deal. Microsoft doesn't do this too often. But clearly they're having issues with uh, Chinese companies not abiding by it to their standards. And so they're pulling them out. I don't have a full list of how many Chinese authorities there are that can issue certificates. But it's notable that both of these that they are revoking are from China. And we all know that um, you know Chinese and spying uh, has kind of been an issue or their, their lackadaisical way of um, approving certain things. And the quality just isn't up to the standards that Microsoft is requiring. And so there you go. It's also interesting to know that Windows 10 has its own version for China, remember, uh, because they don't trust the update mechanism and all that stuff going back to Redmond. So blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can go listen to a prior podcast where I kind of dive into that. 
other things Microsoft talked about this week, the new Xbox UI, the fall creators update is if you're, I believe in the alpha ring, you can now access that. It's not broadly available yet um, to every, well, it's not broadly available. It won't be until later this year, but uh, they're, they're trying it out with, you know, the, the smallest ring first and they're showing it off and it's, you know, it's, yeah, the, the, the reaction to this is very mixed. Some people really like it. If you're a heavy user of the guide, then you will be a big, uh, you'll probably like it because they have improved the guide functionality using shoulder buttons to navigate around. But if you're big into like using, seeing your notifications, they've done some baffling things, which I hope are just temporary, like burying the notifications, previous notifications have under settings, which makes no sense whatsoever. Um, there's other, some social things up. Uh, Mixer is getting a lot of, uh, space to no surprise if you have no intent of ever streaming or gaming that's not going to be a big thing uh and and the pin tiles you can only now i think pin 18 tiles so if you had more than that you're, you're going to be in some trouble there's also a lot of white space initially and so I, i'm trying not to say it's i'm for it or against it at this point because this is the first iteration we're seeing of it i hope that microsoft is listening to the feedback that the alpha users are providing and they're going to be able to implement those changes uh, because like even things getting to like your friends list right now, it doesn't actually show their username. It shows their avatar. And it's like, I need, I need the username. I can't recognize people's avatars. So it's like one extra click. And while that doesn't sound like a lot, it's really annoying when it's doing every single day. And so again, I'm trying to just, you know, bite my tongue here a little bit and let's wait and see how this materializes. This is the first preview that they have released. I think giving it enough time, um, you know, Microsoft, I hope they're going to make it right, but, um, let's, let's just kind of see how things play out, shall we? And so other things going on, uh, right before this podcast, actually conveniently at five o'clock PM on a Thursday, East coast time, Microsoft actually finally came out and announced windows 10 pro for workstation. They, this has been kind of floating around. I actually posted up some of the leak slides and all that stuff, but it's finally official. It's going to arrive with the fall creators update, which we know is likely coming in September. Um, and it's going to do everything that we've talked about. It's going to support Intel and AMD server chips. Uh, this is specifically, by the way, designed for high intensity workloads. Uh, uh, it's going to support uh, REFS, uh, which is the resilient file system from Microsoft, uh, persistent memory, and SMB Direct for super quick file transfers, because I know that's what everybody wants. But seriously, what this allows you to do is to run a desktop on server-grade hardware and I want to say this is like the 12th SKU of Windows 10. Um, I, I got to go back and check. Not necessarily saying that's a good or bad thing, but there's a lot of SKU complexity. When you talk about S, you talk about um, all the different E3 and E5, and you talk about Enterprise, and you talk about all this different stuff. There's a lot going on in the, in the SKU world of Windows 10, and I don't know if it's going to get simpler anytime soon. Um, mostly because Windows 10 is going to be pervasive. It's never really going away, so they need all this stuff. I don't think Windows 10 Workstation, or Windows 10 Pro for Workstation is the proper name, sorry, is going to draw, like, you know, tens of millions of users to Windows 10. But I think it is a good thing for those that are running uh, Workstation hardware. Now they can finally take advantage of it with Windows 10. Up to this point, it was kind of dicey to get that stuff up and running and get the full benefit. Now with this, starting in the fall, you'll be able to do that. What we don't know is if how the licensing is going to play out. Is that going to change? Um, are they going to charge extra for it? We don't, we don't know that, how the, that is going to be um, playing out. So I will be curious to see what is going on there. And we should know relatively soon. It's coming in the fall with the fall creators update, which uh, Microsoft isn't, you know, really wrapping that build up, 
which is somewhat disappointing because we already know all the stuff that's not coming with the fall creators update but um, we should we should know more soon and so the big news that dropped today so if you're outside the u.s this may not sound like a huge deal but if you're inside the u.s you will definitely know that this is um, it's a big problem so Consumer Reports is downgrading their, they're no longer recommending Surface hardware. And let's let's dive into this. So Consumer Reports did a survey of 90,000 tablet and PC users and asked them, I said, hey, have you had any issues within two years of buying your device? Anything from like freezing, random shutdowns, and all that good stuff. And Surface lost. Um, they, they lost the survey. They were the lowest on the hardware reliability rating. So Apple, to little surprise, had a 10% error rate, or error rate, um, complaint rate, if you want to call it, their incident rate. Surface was at 25%. So Apple was number one and Surface was dead last. And so that's a problem for Microsoft. They're pitching these things as uh, premium hardware. They're charging a premium price for them and they're not reliable. And to be honest, this doesn't really surprise me all that too much because let's let's dive into this a little bit, shall we? So they ran the survey um, up until earlier this year. And so going back two years puts you back to, you know, 2015, 2014. So breaking down the hardware that is going to be uh, included in this is primarily now they didn't tell us specifically but you can do the math it's not too hard is going to be surface pro 3 and surface pro 4 so those are that we always know that the pro series sells the best so it's surface pro 3 surface Pro 4 we know the pro 4 had the skylake issues uh, there were reliability issues that that is not a secret surface pro 3 had some issues too um, it, and surface book which falls into this category ha- has issues as well and so I'm not disputing what Consumer Reports is, is saying. I, that doesn't surprise me too much. You can go look at the forums. You can go find people who had issues with all of this stuff. What we don't know is the severity of the issues, right? You can have a random shutdown in Windows and it's whatever, right? That happens. I, that does not surprise me. And so how does that user report it when they're looking at the survey and said, yeah, my computer's randomly shut down. I'm going to say, yes, I have had that issue. The question is, does that issue issue make you never want to buy a Surface again? Is it a one-off incident? We, th- these are the things we don't truly know. Um, Microsoft actually put out a statement right before this podcast saying, hey, we stand behind it. It was written by Panos. And uh, not that they're going to come out and say, hey, no, we don't stand behind our hardware. You know, they, they say they're working hard. And to their credit, I actually do believe them when they say, hey, their reporting is much less. My reasoning for that is I suspect that, that Consumer Reports is much more broad in what they're looking at, right? They're looking just for incidents. Have you ever had an issue with your touchscreen freezing and all that good stuff? It, it's going gonna, it, it's gonna to happen. But, but we, we don't know is if it is such a big deal that somebody returned the hardware because Microsoft is going to have very good return rate information. Um, Best Buy would. Consumer Reports, not so much. They're looking at purely incident rates in this survey. So, yes, this is a bad blow. Trust me, if Microsoft came out and beat Apple, they would be all over this, right? They would be like, yeah, we're at 8%. We beat Apple. They would be huge for that. But at the same time, you have to be, you have to put this in a frame of reference about where things are, where things are headed. Microsoft is still new in the hardware game. And um, based on the data, this has nothing to do with the Surface Pro, the latest one. Uh, I don't have it behind me. And the Surface laptop. So in somewhat, you're rolling the dice if you're going to buy that stuff. I still think it's going to be good hardware. Um, we know Microsoft does well with their warranty work. I've never really heard too many people complaining about that side of Microsoft. So should you buy the new stuff? You know, that's it's up to you. 
at the same time, Dell and HP and Lenovo all make great hardware too. That's the benefit of what the Surface line has done. It's elevated the PC experience. HP, their, their Spectre line is, is wonderful. You have so many options that if you are truly worried about the Surface reliability, uh, it's not like you're pigeonholed with like Apple per se, where if you don't like the MacBook quality, well, you, can only, you can't really buy anything else. So, um, you know, that's a personal decision. I haven't had too many major issues, um, even with this Surface Studio back here, no major problems. Although we, we know for a fact that not many people are buying studios, mostly because they are really expensive. But uh, yeah, so there you go. And one thing that, you know, I, I don't agree with Microsoft here. And I don't agree with Panos. He says, I can confident, and this is in their statement. He said, I can confidently tell you there has never been a better time to buy a Surface. Now, I would qualify that statement. I would say there's never been a better time to buy a Surface Pro or a Surface laptop. That is absolutely true. Would I tell somebody to buy a Surface Book right now? No, I really wouldn't because it's almost two years old at this point. Um, I think there's going to be a refresh here roughly October-ish is kind of what I've, I've heard that something's going on around then. Um, so it, it's not quite it's not quite the best time to buy a surface it's depending on which model you're going to buy even the surface studio is coming up on a year old i would i would hope that they would refresh some of the the hardware components in that as well so with that being said uh, i know what panos was trying to say and uh, you know he wrote it in his own sort of way and gave some light numbers nothing that's really like tangible that's like you can dive into but um that was a pretty big deal and i i can assure you um, that Microsoft is taking this extremely seriously. I, I can assure you that I just from what I've heard around the rumor mills today, uh, just things that I've seen going on at Microsoft, that they are very much taking this report to heart and they are going to, um, you know, I don't know what they can do. I, I don't think they're going to offer any extended warranties like that's going to fix anything or change anybody's mind. But that is uh, something you know, Microsoft is heads down trying to figure out how to, you know, they, they essentially got to push back on this, which is what we see a little bit here. Because while Surface may not, you know, Surface isn't their primary line of business, it's still a pretty significant portion of revenue for them. And and Satya Nadella said in, the, I believe it was an internal email, they said to be to build great software, you have to build great hardware. And so Microsoft isn't leaving the hardware game, at least not these laptops and, and tablets and all that good stuff. So they're going to stick around for a while. And, you know, I'm confident that Microsoft will figure this out. But, you know, you have your ups and your downs. And this is definitely one of those days where Microsoft is, uh, you know, they got beat up a little bit today in the press. And uh, rightfully so. If, if Consumer Reports, that's what they found, good on them for reporting that. Uh, that's just, that's the way it works, right? You can't hide behind the numbers. And uh, I just wish Consumer Reports would give us a little bit more information about some of the incidences and all that good stuff. But there you go, you guys. Uh, it's been a relatively quiet week in the world of Microsoft. I, I know I rambled off a bunch of things that did happen this week, but this is like peak, peak uh, vacation season for Microsoft employees. There's a ton of people who are out that I've noticed who are just either posting very nice pictures from various places around the world. Um, and so we're not seeing a ton of stuff, although I can tell you they're going to start gearing up here because it's back to school season, which does impact Microsoft, not to mention they have Ignite here happening uh, second half of September, which that's a big deal. I'm expecting a lot of uh, IT Pro and kind of that related news um, coming out at, at that venue. 
and makes me kind of wonder actually if they'll announce the fall creators update availability then uh, because they have that that's going on unless they have a surface event around that time when they want to announce that but um, I, I think they're going to finish up here the fall creators update relatively soon you know missing a bunch of chunks but that's what's going on and so you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna keep this any longer guys that's all we got for today i'll be back doing this next week as long as nothing comes up um, i should be back to the normal live schedule and all that good stuff but as always have yourselves a wonderful weekend and i'll catch you next time